Greetings, everyone, and welcome to podcast number 16. I am Patrick from Patrick Compton's Photography, and some of you may have noticed if you live on the East Coast or Northern or Midwest, there's a little bit of a chill in the air, and leaves are falling and birds are migrating, and that can only mean one thing, fall. When I think of fall, I think of fall color photography, one of my favorite things to do. Be out in nature and just kind of bring back some of those sights and sounds that I'm seeing with those beautiful colors that Mother Nature has to offer. And that's what kind of prompted this podcast. Um, I wanted to give a few tips on things that uh, you may not have thought about when you go out and shoot fall color, and I hope you find them interesting. So let's delve right into it. The first thing that I try to encourage people to do when they go out and shoot fall color is just to incorporate fall color in in different ways. Um, Don't just do a panoramic view, you know, maybe use that as a background uh, or even your foreground and and put something else else in the picture to make uh, that a visual element of interest. The second thing would be uh, watch your histogram. You know, keep an eye on your exposures because sometimes oversaturated reds blow out really quickly uh, in my finding. And make sure you're not clipping any areas uh, just by using that histogram so that you can either dial in compensation exposure if you need to. And don't forget, sometimes underexposing, especially in cloudy weather or when it's wet, really makes those colors pop. So, you know, you can use that to your advantage too when it comes to fall color. One thing I like to do is change my camera from standard or flat for the white balance uh, and change it uh, to, or I'm sorry, not the white balance, but the in-camera profile and change that to uh, vivid uh, because that really makes those colors, you know, stand out as well. Um, You know, don't force it. You know, be tasteful in your post-processing. You don't need to oversaturate things or over-sharpen or something. Remember, the fall color is the subject. Um... And saturating it in post will make it seem really forced or fake. So, you know, use it judiciously. Um, A good light on the nice colors is going to look good on any camera. So, uh, again, don't force it. Um, Use, you know, when you're using your white balance, you can use manual white balance and find an object in your frame that can serve as a neutral reference. Now, you can use the the white balances in the cameras today, the DSLRs and even the the uh, newer mirrorless cameras, you know they're usually spot on with that. So if you put it on neutral or standard, or you bump it up to auto one or auto two that warms the colors, uh, you'll probably still get some really really nice um, shots on that. But you can use manual white balance too if you want. Um, you know look for the golden hours too. Uh, Different times of the day can create a variety of of desired effects uh, in your fall foliage scenes. Most photographers, you know, live for the golden hours near sunrise and sunset when the sky illuminates the subject uh, and the landscape with a soft glow. Um, This helps to, you know, avoid harsh tones and highlights that you may encounter while shooting with the sun higher in the sky. So, If you do find yourself shooting with high and bright sun, consider using a polarizer too. Uh, That can really mute down some of those highlights that you would otherwise get. I talked about this earlier, but don't let cloudy weather get you down. Um, Most outdoor enthusiasts, a clear and sunny day is is your best friend. But um, 
overcast and foggy days are for t- fantastic for fall foliage photography as well, enhancing the mood or, you know, allowing some saturated colors again to really pop against that fog. So one thing I like to do when I'm out uh, because I know it's going to cause um, or create a variety of colors is is to find some water. Um, you know, that can afford you a lot of endless photographic opportunities Usually you got more vegetation and trees and things like that around uh, water, and, and a lot of those can change varying tones of, of different colors. You can do great reflections often if you get up early uh, and the water is still. That's always a plus. Um, but it's always easy around water to find an interesting foreground subject and create an interesting composition too. So uh, if you can, you know, try to use water to your advantage. Um, this next tip is more, it's a matter of taste. Uh, you know, you can use a tripod, but it's a matter of personal preference. Um, yeah, sometimes on cloudy days when the shutter speed's going to vary and things like that, I will bring one along. Um, but if you're shooting a vast fall landscape, um, you know, you're, you're likely using smaller apertures and lower ISOs, which means you're likely decreasing your shutter speed. So, Doing this makes the camera shake and, and can blur and make that a little more apparent. So placing your camera in a tripod in those instances or even using a remote or timed shutter uh, or the timer feature in the, in the camera if you have one, and most do, um, that'll help you achieve the sharpest image possible. Um, this is one that I always found interesting with my tips and and I learned this way back when I don't even remember who taught it to me but um, you know you can work with the sun not against it Uh, yeah the sun can produce some harsh light during the middle of the day but use this time to scout where you want to be for the evening and the sunset Um, the skies can wash out when shooting a backlit scene and you certainly you know want to avoid a sky with no color Um, but you can use the sun again to your advantage you know, shoot shoot the leaves backlit, um, make a starburst or something like that by uh, closing your aperture down. You know, get, kind of get creative with it. Um, this will also help prevent if you shoot things backlit and you kind of hide the sun or whatever, it won't uh, allow that uh, UFO, that unidentified flaring object that we're so used to seeing sometimes when the sun's in there. Um, so you can get creative with that. The other thing that I like to do um, is, you know, when I'm out and about, and if I'm going somewhere I've already shot before, on the way, you know, I check out um, service roads and things like that. Uh, If I'm feeling a little adventurous, rather than staying to the main drag, I might go off-road a little bit and and find some of these back roads, and uh, that might take you to some less visited places. Um, Keep in mind that uh, sometimes the online maps do not differentiate between private and public land. I've had that happen before where I've been asked to not come on the land. And, you know, I fully respect that. It's it's not a problem. But uh, the road you pick might not be um, navigable and, and gates can block forest service roads or well. So kind of do your homework ahead of time and, and um, you know, that will prevent a lot of headaches later on. Um, if you go out all the time, um, pay attention to the weather. You know, there's plenty of apps out there that um, are very accurate. I happen to use uh, My Radar Pro. Um, I like that a lot. Uh, that does a great job. But NOAA, 
uh, has another uh, great app too for um, helping you predict the weather. And then, you know, if you go for sunrise, it's not so much uh, for the golden hour, but mainly for the solitude. So if you're looking to shoot on a busy weekend, you know, at a place that's kind of touristy, uh, try to go at sunrise. People don't necessarily get up that early, I found. So, you know, I have a tendency to to get up around 4, 4.30 a.m., which is, is early, but I always seem to be able to get a prime spot um, and, uh, you know, get get a good place to set up if I need to, to use a tripod or even get up close or get um, shots with nobody in the particular photograph. So the last thing I'll leave you with as far as a tip is, um, you know, change your perspective. Um, if you're used to using a tripod um, most of the time, leave it in the car. Challenge yourself. Make it a nice little um, self-improvement project for your home, your photography. And do something different. You know, if you're in a low-light environment and you don't have a tripod, you'll be forced to use a rock or, um, you know, get down low and shoot everywhere other than, you know, head height. Um, I always carry a, a tarp or something like that in my car that's waterproof that I can lay down on uh, if it's wet early in the morning. Um, and wet leaves in the foreground can be, you know, very visually appealing uh, when you're shooting. So, um don't just shoot what you're used to, you know, kind of uh, take a step out of your comfort zone when, you, when you're shooting some fall and you'll come back with some really great pictures. So there's some tips. I don't even remember how many we had. We just kind of rattled those off one after another. But you can always listen to this again if there was something that you missed or, or wanted to hear again. But, you know, I hope those help if you go out and you shoot some fall color. Um, it's, it's beautiful here. I'm in the Midwest, and, and right now it's, you know, around 50 degrees, and we're near peak uh, for our fall color in a lot of places. So it's, it's really, really great to get out, uh, as often as I can to shoot that. So I really thank you guys for listening to these podcasts and, uh, sending in some suggestions and ideas. I really, really do like, uh, producing these and and hope you guys find them, uh, helpful. Uh, don't forget to follow me online at patrickcompassphotography.com. And I'm also on, you know, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you guys give me a shout out or a follow, I will be happy to return the favor. So uh, that's it. Um, Remember to make every click count.